Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Streaming in Place. And today we're talking about Lucifer Season 2, Episode 13, A Good Day to Die. And we are very excited to welcome back friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson. There is so much to talk about. Very glad you're here to help us. Welcome back, Latoya. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, a lot to talk about. What an episode. Mm-hmm. Just just a few things. A few things go down. Um, <laughs> what I was most excited for, I mean, I remembered pretty much everything that's in the episode, but like, I think my favorite bit is not all the emotional stuff, is not like the really heartfelt stuff. It's Trisha Helfer falling over. <laughs> just <laughs> straight back. Yeah. And it's just, and just May's so excited. Like that, that I think was my my favorite part to relive. Uh, Latoya, how did this one go for you on, on rewatch? I mean, this is my second rewatch of this episode in so many weeks, honestly. Um, so it's a, it's a good one each time. It's uh, that uh, moment of just over just falling straight down. is pretty hilarious, honestly. It, an episode that's, wow, it's, uh, it's, it brings the drama. Uh, this is a great, I mean, this is a great episode for everyone. Uh, I think Tom Ellis and Trisha Helfer in this episode, though, are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's start, let's go Noel. Noel, next. What? How did this one hit you? What'd you think? Well, I mean, we talk about, like, Tom Ellis and Trisha Helfer being great, but we also really need to acknowledge Michael Imperioli just being game for being stabbed over and over again. <laughs> and it's just like, Michael, come on back. We've got a really great thing for you to do, even though your character died. Oh, great, guys. What is it? Tom is going to stab you 80 times over and over again. It's going to be fantastic. You'll still get it paid the exact same rate. Oh, sure. No, deal. Done. I'm in. No, I think it's a very... I think it's a very good episode. Like, the Trisha Helfer fall is really, really good. Like, it's... She's just so very committed to that fall. Like, that's a hard thing to do. Like, Allison was joking um, about, like accent work that she paid a lot of money for in theater class but learning to fall is also like a skill that you need to pick up and like develop because you have to trust a number of things and be confident in that so watching her just do that fall is just it's really good um and it also speaks to just how safe she also felt that she felt she could just commit to that bit um but then also i also just kind of love the overwrought super dramatic slow-mo <laughs> you shall not pass of Amenadiel preventing anyone from moving Chloe out of that hospital room because it just doesn't fit in the rest of the episode in a weird way but I still kind of loved it because of the sc- like the song drop and just how yeah we're just going to be super slow-mo and everyone's going to be trying to get him to move and he's not going to move and it's just great and i really like it and it's very silly and this episode is still weirdly good at character stuff despite being very very silly which i appreciate it's like the best of both worlds with the lucifer episode i yeah it might be a little thing because he's an angel um but (laughs) menadil gets a fucking win (laughs) he finally gets a win it's been a rough season for him and you know not being moved by a few humans shouldn't be like a go me but it really is and uh yeah i really like that moment allison what did you think of all this well um 
those listening who were not watching would not know that I was just emphatically nodding at basically everything Noel said. And like, no, as a person who used to do uh, some acting stuff and some directing stuff, uh, I want to thank you for being aware of how hard pratfalls are. They're um, so hard. They're really, so really hard. hard. You have to actively fight every instinct in your body to do them correctly, because even if you're falling back on a giant mat, which she probably was, um, it's still like your body just does not want to allow you to do that. It's really, really difficult to do. Um, uh, like a little bit easier for dancers, but still, regardless, very, very difficult to do. And it's a really good pratfall. Uh, I also want to salute um, the what instituted the pratfall um, the, with the zapper. What the <laughs> f- are those called? The, defer- the defibrillator. defibrillator. No, yeah. they're called the zappers. The zappers. Call um, but May is just being like, nope, here we go. Boom. It was great. Um, <laughs> it was really, really great. Um so I totally agree with that. I also, um, while I did not care for the needle drop in the You Shall Not Pass scene, oh, wow. uh, I thought that that scene was terrific. Uh, and it was, I agree, very nice seeing Deal get a win, um, but also was an interesting sort of testament to how Lucifer and Amenadiel's relationship has changed since yes. the beginning of the show, because it's hard to imagine him saying yes to an idea that he thinks is terrible because he trusts his brother even like maybe six or seven episodes ago you know it was really um it was a and and obviously guilt is all a part of that and what it was a very good scene um i what i loved in this episode that we haven't talked about yet and i'm sure we'll go section by section but um is dr linda first of all they continue to just ring every delicious morsel they can out of the height differential between Rachel Lindsay and the rest of the cast. Um, it's just great. That's, that's one, uh, two, that scene where she's like, so does this happen often? Like, do you guys get together and do this? Like, what am I witnessing was really amazing. Um, and her commitment to making that ludicrous plan work despite all of her instincts to try to save Lucifer's life and why and the the line that they managed to walk in balancing essentially the only comic relief of the entire episode um against the very high stakes of what was going on in that subplot I think is really I feel like that is sort of um uh crystallizes what I like best about Lucifer in that subplot where the stakes are really high and everybody is really committed to what's going on emotionally and it's still funny and kind of nuts and weird and a little bit morbid and both things can be true and are true because the writing is willing to let those things rub against each other and the actors are so committed Keenan says y'all I'd die for Dr. Linda and so (laughs) would I same yeah Uh, I love that performance and that like the writing there too when she's just like oh my god Guys, like just the, the fact that she's invited to the to the conference or the meeting, right, is <laughs> so essential. It also because Lucifer needs knows he needs someone else there because he knows without her to balance it, it's not going to happen, right? Like he's not going to be able to get Maze on board. He's not going to be able to get a man of the deal on board. He probably won't get his mom on board, regardless. So he's like, I need someone else who cares a lot about humans and also Chloe. Uh, Maze could go either way. So Doctor Linda, yep, you're on the team now. <laughs> come vote with me <laughs> so it's just uh it's, it's very it's very very fun and also just the delivery of lines like you know you you went to med school a really long time ago <laughs> yeah. so long like ago. so many reallys it was the really. correct amount of reallys uh, or the line about um how she read about it on the in the car on the way over <laughs> yes <laughs> but it's still really prepared right 
right? Because she's good at it. I just, I'm going to keep saying this. I just love that Lucifer and a few other shows are willing to let mental health professionals be competent um, because so often they're just garbage. And not only is she really good at her job, she's also, despite the fact that she should not be doing what she's doing, is really committed to making sure it goes well. So like the ice packs and all of that, it was great. Great, great, great. Yeah. And I love how in all of that, like a big moment happens and they kind of just gloss over it, which is Amenadiel had no idea she, that she knew they were all oh, yeah. actually yeah. celestial beings. And this is the first time he's learning about this because they've all come to her with this at this point. And mm-hmm. he's just been so you like, I'm sorry I lied about everything, but he didn't you know admit the whole angel thing. I liked it was like her response was just the right amount of petty. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, you could have told us. They're just like, yeah, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Be out of the loop. It's very good. Uh, Marcus says just the reveal of her was great. And yeah, like the timing of it and the frame. She's like tiny. She's like hunched over sort of in a chair. It's great. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really fun. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff there. Also, um, when she finds out that Maze doesn't have a soul and is like, okay, we're going to come back to that. But we've got to deal with this problem right now. But what? That's like, very cool. Okay, huge. That's a big deal. We're going <laughs> to, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, Keenan says such a therapist move. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Very good. Oh, man. And uh, also, while we're in that corner of the show, can we have some appreciation for Maze figuring out that, yes, she can rock scrubs. She can rock anything. She's Maze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. saying she can rock the scrubs. Like, what are you talking about, Maze? Come on, you've seen Grey's Anatomy. Hot people look great in scrubs. <laughs> well, with with lots of tailoring on Grey's yes. Anatomy, I appreciate that they didn't fit them to her. Yeah. In, in, in this one, they were actually boxy, but she's Maze, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Ella part of this and our our follow up on the fact that she used to steal cars. <laughs> I think when they first said that in the girls' night, you're supposed to like question it. Like, is she joking? It's like, no, she wasn't joking. No. <laughs> no, I never really felt like she was joking. I I feel like Ella is very honest and straightforward. So I always like kind of take her exactly with what she's saying, unless she then follows that up with, I'm just kidding. Like <laughs> That's sort of like how I approach Ella with everything she tells me. So, or she tells other characters and thus mm-hmm. us. I'm just like, yeah, no, I believe that you used to steal cars. I also believe that you know all about this weird Fast and the Furious chemical that <laughs> all the street racers use. <laughs> You're sneaking into your brother's place because he's being a dick and not responding to your calls. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> um, let's talk then about uh, Douche. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Dan, Detective Espinoza, who we respect now more. Um, <laughs> more. <laughs> respect. Lucifer was following his lead. <laughs> forgot about that whole bit <laughs> so did i and it was so fun i mean a lot happened in our defense a lot happens yeah. in this episode a lot happens um, in this but episode, it, that yeah. sequence was really funny and it's easy to see from both perspectives right like <laughs> lucifer was doing exactly as instructed and he clearly assumes that dan knows what he's doing yes. so like as like assumes he's good at his job ultimately it's a very flattering that lucifer was doing as instructed and then really lucky that he has superpowers um <laughs> So like it's good. It's good. Does the what I want to know is at what point do people start asking questions about how he can do all of these things? Because yeah. he seems to be um using those superpowers with a little more frequency. Uh so I mean like how do, do how do they does anybody say like Hey, how did you get that formula? I mean, he gets results, you stupid chief. I, I, like, come on. <laughs> Fair. Well, I, 
because whenever things come up, like in this episode, there's so much else going on, right? It's it's it gets pulled out in really high stakes moments, and I think also like specifically Chloe, she is there's like a learned I don't ask him things like dynamic between the two of them here with Dan. I like I think first of all the I don't think you want to know how I'm going to get the formula. I buy Lucifer saying it. I buy Dan just going yeah you're right. He's shady enough that it's like. It's better yeah. if I don't know. So, I, like, I really don't have any trouble with that. Um, but usually when he pulls out superpower kind of things in front of other people, it's because the stakes are high enough that it requires it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, in, like, in this episode, I think all of the days get a blur together for Dan. Also, he might have some brain trauma. So, <laughs> like, from getting punched repeatedly in the face. Um, and so just may not be completely clear on everything that happened after the punching of his face and before getting back to the hospital or whatever. Um, yeah. So much fun. But it, I mean, it, it, similar to how the stuff we get with the men deal in this first speaks to how their relationship has, has grown over the series. I think the way we now we see them working together, uh, Dan and, and Lucifer also speaks to much greater respect and trust versus where we were uh, in, in the, the Dujifer episode, not that long ago. Yeah, Dan gets frustrated with Lucifer in this episode, but you never feel like it's coming from a place of, like, he hates this guy anymore. It's like, he's just, uh, the way Lucifer does things is absurd, and he's gonna vent about it, but, like, he obviously, like, appreciates Lucifer, and I think Lucifer appreciates Dan in in his way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Okay, let's go to our, let's go to this, let's end with the Chloe in, like, case of the week i guess stuff case. let's go to hell and let's go <laughs> to our supervillain. Uh, what did you guys think of the, how that was handled and like the real how are we gonna get the answer the formula is only in his brain they went out of their way to establish in the previous episode and we're gonna go to hell to find it um i think it works pretty well as a sort of Let's get back to this thing that we sort of teased a little bit, um, but also in a way that expands our understanding of how hell works in this case. And does it so both like in a way that we get to see Carlisle Khaleesi's um, Tim Decay's (laughs) hell, whatever it is. Um, I definitely heard Khaleesi. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely said Khaleesi. Yeah. Carlisi? It's Carlisle. It's Carlisle? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Bad guy. Tim Decay. Um, so we get like his <laughs> hell and then we get Lucifer's hell. And I think that the ways in which it, it would be just one thing to do just Tim Decay's hell. But doing Lucifer's hell on top of that, I think, really kind of drives home the point. And then somehow Charlotte slash his mom's hell gets folded into it, which then raises questions about how these rooms work. <laughs> But I th- again, it still reinforces how all of that works on like a punishment theological level. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, but then I also was just like, wait, Tim Decay's thing is just being called a murderer and like a coward and everything. I figured he would just not be able to get to his dissertation. I figured that the car <laughs> would just keep exploding before he could get to his dissertation in time. Uh, so I was just like, oh, that's rough, buddy. That's just rough. Yeah, I as I had it sort of a similar like. Well, if he thinks he was right, I don't. I don't know right. how I buy this as his personal hell. What I imagined is that he would just be watching cable news on a loop. He would just be watching like morning shows, doing a story on what an asshole he is forever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, had had questions about the mechanics of hell, but m- mostly I was just really impressed by the way that this episode was structured and how all of the pieces fed together and how they all sort of peaked at the perfect times, sometimes like one shortly before another. And it just, it re- even though you could... It, as soon as they were like, well, I've got to be directly below Chloe because I have to be vulnerable, but also who knows what happens if you move her away while I'm down there. Then, of course, it was obvious that at some point Amenadiel was going to have to stop them from wheeling her out of the room. But still, like it all it just felt like it was structured like a Swiss watch. I think while I enjoy the show a lot, I'm not sure that I ever think of it as being quite as finely tuned as this episode was. Um, just like really, really smart and efficient and... Um, just well constructed really well constructed for me the the hell for carlisle is like it underscores that he knows that he was is full of shit when he's saying that like he didn't have it like it just underscores his culpability and the fact that everything has been a posture you know when he was making the choice he knew it was wrong and that is so the choice itself or get going for the laptop and not helping the guy is the thing that everything else has spawned from. And so forcing him to keep making that choice over and over again is, is the, the crucial point for me. So that for me, it really works, but uh, especially when you then correlate it with what's happening with Lucifer. And when I first watched this episode, for some reason, it didn't occur to me that we would be going to Lucifer's hell. And it really didn't occur to me that Uriel would be back. Um, and so when that happened, I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> of course this makes total sense. And, um, and I really, I do really like the performance uh, that we get of like, it's Uriel, but it's not. And it's, it's just, I mean, like, you know, a list of things that are hard to do. Pratt falls definitely. Cause you have to fight your body, but not reacting just being a blank and and not like a fixed slate, but just like completely blank and passive as all this other stuff is going on around you and all this emotion is going on around you. Um, like Uriel is as, uh, as, as we, as, as Lucifer and mom are like helping each other in different ways. And he just has to stand there and then start pleading, but in this kind of weird robot creepy way, like uncanny Valley way. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought it, for me, it was really impactful and, and it, and it really worked. I also like this notion that it presents that hell is isolation, which I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to right now, but um, the notion that no one in all of time has ever escaped hell once they've gone into their room because they're by themselves. And as soon as you add another person, to it, another entity to it. Like, as soon as mom comes in, Lucifer is able to move towards being able to forgive himself and leave. And then as mom gets drawn in, Lucifer is able to help her. So it's this idea of no one can un- overcome these things by themselves. But if you have another person or and specifically the right person, that that is possible. And I think that that's a really powerful idea for what you know and what they're trying to say with the show or someone just to drag you out <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well and sometimes sometimes that's what you need yeah sometimes it's what you need is someone to just pull you out of the room because you will not make the choice that you know you need to make um marcus says uh nolan Elson did the credits at the start showing mark imperioli and, and tim decay spoil where the episode was gonna go did you notice their names um i honestly don't usually i 
don't usually pay attention to the credits. If I catch something, then it happens. But what I, Michael Imperioli, because of the previously on, I expected to see. Um, but I mean, that could have been in any number of capacities. I did yeah. not notice Tim Decay's name. So no. I mean, once I figured out, once they like hit that nail one more time that the formula was only in his head, I was like, I was sitting next to my partner and I went, we're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and was very excited. Um, so I figured it out eventually, but no, the names didn't spoil it for me. What about you, Noel? Um, I definitely saw the names. Um, unlike Allison, I tend to pay really close attention to <laughs> credits um but i it didn't really like i didn't really make an immediate connection that we were going to go to hell because again imperioli could have been in like any number of capacities really like an extended flashback of some kind um as for decay i didn't really make that leap until sort of like closer into the episode but it was it was still like it didn't spoil it again and i was i really appreciated that i just didn't make that connection because in my brain i was just like wait how do if they i'm still of the thing of like if they go to heaven or hell how do they get back um so the idea that you'd get zappered um as a way to get back didn't cross my brain so it i didn't make that leap so yeah no so i was i was pleasantly surprised had you guys forgotten about Uriel's, like, final words? Yes, but I think we all had. Yeah. <laughs> Lucifer had. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the reminder of that because I just completely forgot. Yep. Yep. Um, I also want to thank Lucifer for uh, allowing me to revisit, if only briefly in my mind, um, one of my very favorite good place gags, which is Janet begging to not be rebooted because that's <laughs> what... Um, uh, as uh, Trisha Helfer was being dragged out and Michael Imperioli was like this. I kept thinking, Michael, I have kids. I have kids. Look at my kids. I'm supposed to see Hamilton on Friday or whatever the hell. Dix is back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Uh, so I really wanted to talk about this episode, of course, but I wanted to talk about the hell stuff and the way uh, Lucifer Show does this because I think they introduce a very, I think they've talked about it before, but um, they introduced like a very inter interesting discussion when, you know, Lucifer is saying like, oh yeah, you can get out of hell, but I've never seen anyone do it because for that, you would have to alleviate your guilt once and for all. And, you know, uh, Kate, I think hit it on the head where, yeah, he may have said, you know, he didn't feel guilty or anything about that. But if he genuinely had no guilt, even just in the back of his mind, he wouldn't have gone through the lengths of, like evil mad scientist villainy basically to prove oh i'm i'm the right one i'm so right you know if it really had been something he was able to move past he would have moved past it and since he'll never immediately like he'll never either say you know i'm sorry like legitimately or he'll never think that he needs to say he's sorry he's going to be stuck in this loop essentially and it's just i think the show without spoiling they they discuss this even more in the following season and I, and I can't wait for you guys to get to those parts. Um, but then Jesus, uh, when we get to Lucifer's, um, wait, Jesus is in this. Oh, too? oh I'm wait till you see that now. casting <laughs> <laughs> nephew. <laughs> no brother, step brother, step brother, step brother, brother from another mother, <laughs> half brother, half brother, half brother. Half brother yeah. 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 We, okay. we know how genetics works. You guys, <laughs> we don't we clearly do not it took us a solid 20 seconds to figure that out <laughs> he can edit that out we're really smart you guys <laughs> oh it's staying in no, <laughs> no that's too fun it's too fun 
Yeah, I just, <laughs> as I was mentioning Ellis's and Huffer's performances, just the way that the misery, uh, progressive misery as Lucifer like just plunges the blade into Uriel and his hell, it's just so crushing because we know how much killing Uriel affected Lucifer, like killing anyone in general affected Lucifer. But so for him to relive that, it's just like, holy shit, <laughs> we to create an amazing torture for yourself, devil. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, the way that when mom comes in and she, you know, she's like, no, I'm to blame. This is everything. Uh, no, you talk a lot about um, mom's manipulation, how she's, cl- she's clearly the villain, obviously. But I've never for a second doubted how much she loves her children. And yeah. so when she's just, when she finally succumbs to, you know, this torture, this guilt, and she's like, why would I want to leave? I can just have my family right here. It's just so heartbreaking. And unlike Lucifer, she doesn't break out of this. Lucifer literally has to drag her out of hell while she is still punishing herself, which I feel like that's probably not a good thing, honestly. Yeah. That that seems like probably not good. the wrong way to get out of hell. And also, that's kind of finally the moment that broke her, whereas May said she could never break her in a millennia of torturing her, which, oh, ah, it hurts me. It hurts me, too. Well, it because we get finally what feels like unvarnished honesty from Charlotte, and it takes hell to get it from her, right? And then it's like, when she's like, yeah, I've been manipulating you this time. Here is my plan. Manipulate you against your father find our way back up there and like etc and and so to to lay all of that bare here and to i mean like there is real weight they earn it later in the episode when she says i went back to hell for you like that that really complicates things it she's still the she's still the villain she's still the bad guy the antagonist of what's going on right now but there is real like you can trust that there's other stuff going on beyond pure manipulation. And I think that's essential for us to really, for her to work as well as she does as a villain and as an antagonistic force. The the emotional rawness is something I don't think I would have expected from the show. Like when I was watching in the first season, even when I eventually was like, this is a good show, you know, I like it. It's much better than anyone would expect, but like that kind of emotion and honesty, I don't think anyone could have expected the show had it in them. Marcus says uh, a nitpick shouldn't she technically look different than Trisha Helfer when she's in hell um, TV show but also uh, she didn't have a body yeah, she should just kind of be like energy yeah and that's not as yeah. effective yeah that doesn't and then it's hard to carry energy out of hell so <laughs> it'd be pretty funny though it'd be funny to watch him mime it and you know he'd commit but it would just end up, you'd need some of the yakety sacks behind it because it would end up too comedic. <laughs> um, the other thing, the other nitpick that's like a big gaping hole of a nitpick in their theology is uh, sociopaths, people who genuinely do not ever feel guilt. Um, there's a problem <laughs> with their system. And I, to my memory, they don't actually engage with that at any no, point they, so far yeah and eventually like a selfish person but not a sociopath as well yeah so but yeah, yeah not a- someone like incapable yeah. of guilt yeah so i don't know what that would mean for them but did you guys have any other beats or things you wanted to touch on 
in this part of the, the episode, and then we'll go to Chloe. Well, I know Allison hated the needle drop. Uh, I liked it just because the band, um, X Ambassadors, I was like a huge fan of them. And this is like basically slightly before their music became so unrecognizable to me that I'm like, I don't care for them. Basically, before they sold out. <laughs> so I was like, I, I loved it. <laughs> I liked them before they That's were funny. cool. <laughs> I just, I generally um I I thought that the song was pretty cool. I just didn't love the pairing. I generally feel like um like the big slow-mo moments are often better with something like they hit me harder if it's if it's something more understated or even silent. Um like I generally prefer to not have the music do the work for me. Um so that was that was why I quibbled with it. The song itself I was like this is epic. This is <laughs> like this makes me want to I don't know stand on top of a bridge and go like this or like something. You also wanted to be in slow motion at, t- at the time, didn't you? Oh totally, absolutely. I think it works sure. well uh in tandem with what's going on especially um, the combination of the Amanda stuff and Maze, Maze breaking down kind of breaks me, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. What about uh, Killing Me Softly? Is <laughs> that a little too on the nose? I thought that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, let's talk about the Chloe part of, of the episode and, and the, the detective procedural part of it. Like, when they're like, let's go, let's go to the, the show. Let's go to the office because there's too much of an episode for us to go to the hospital yet. And uh, I'm freaking out also and not processing things. <laughs> but it's important for Ella to tell us all what's going to happen so that when things start to happen, <laughs> you know, how did that quarter of everything work for y'all? Well, I thought the important part was that Ella just told him to make out already because she was so annoyed that they woke yeah. her up. She literally comes there in her pajamas and she's just so pissed at them. I loved the beat. Like before, eventually, you're lucky I remembered pants. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> and my immediate thought was, wait, no, she's gonna go back to work. Is she getting OT for this? Because she's in a union. <laughs> God, an episode she's on the union. Unions. Also, mm-hmm. like there are other crime techs, right? Like there's not just her. Um, but I was just like, it's the only one they trust. But also, we need this narrative exposition in case you somehow skipped last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I really like uh, I really like that character. Um, and who hasn't tried really hard to not be annoyed by somebody else having a whisper fight behind you? Um, a whisper fight is a, it's not just a TV convention. They're incredibly irritating when they happen in real life and uncomfortable. And you have to pretend like you can't hear them when you obviously definitely can. And everybody knows you can. So just like either have a real fight or excuse yourourselves and have it elsewhere. Sorry, it's apparently a pet peeve for me. Yeah, Allison is having, is having a mood right we've, now. We've tapped into something that apparently. I think we need to explore much more. I'll <laughs> Call Dr. Linda and get some time on the books. What do you guys think of uh, like how they paced clo- things for Chloe? I thought, I mean, like it's your job is to over the course of this episode get weaker and uh, be almost dead. I thought <laughs> if it's not the most fun, but I thought they did a good job with it. I understand Chloe as terrible as an idea as it is uh, would want to you know try to solve this herself because you know it's Chloe. Uh, I also understand Lucifer like honoring her request despite the fact that he wanted to help her which so of course when she finally passes out and ends up in the hospital dan's mad at lucifer thinking this was all his idea it's like no this was chloe's crazy idea i listen to you two stupid humans sometimes now look look what happens when i do you get punched in the face she doesn't get to go to the hospital just listen to me (laughs) uh 
when I was saying, you know, technically this is a three a three parter. They promoted as three parter because Bert from the first part shows up again, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of love that. Bert, terrible, terrible man, is just like I'm going to have a party every night till the trial because he's like he's on house arrest. So you know, mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the the, the getting him upstairs and uh, then then she starts uh, bleeding again and she's like oh that's a turn off she's like well kick to the nuts go <laughs> go talk to lucy um but i like that there was enough like chloe is not dealing with the fact that lucifer is torturing people psychologically torturing people um but there's an awareness that i appreciate in the performance and also you know, lucifer one. calls him bertrude which makes me laugh every single time so if anybody has any other issues or or moments they want us to talk about please throw them into the chat otherwise we yeah we gotta talk about i have something yeah trixie content i was gonna say (laughs) you are off brand no it's like like while they're typing you know okay Okay. i thought it was what a sweet way to get get a a menadiel and trixie like introduction Mm -hmm. speaking of a menadiel getting a win the biggest win a menadiel gets this episode is when trixie tells him that he's a good person Uh, that is clearly Mm -hmm. the biggest win that he gets and he hugs her everyone should be so lucky they (laughs) hug it's so cute it was so sweet marcus says trixie has her chocolate uh so menadiel is there to to make her feel a little better and just like you you who knows if Amenadiel has ever gotten a hug that supportive and mm-hmm. pure and wonderful? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. It's definitely not from Lucifer. Not from his dad. No. Not from either of his parents. <laughs> his, I mean, not from his dad, Latoya. Dad doesn't hug anyone. <laughs> um, no, I think it's really sweet. The hug's really good. But I also really like the fact that Trixie is the first person to go, that's a really cool necklace because that's a big state statement piece of jewelry that he wears like it's not diane lockhart statement piece of jewelry but it's still kind of a like it says please notice me type of necklace so i really like that trixie's the first person to kind of address it and be like that's kind of cool um so it's very sweet the only thing about the trixie stuff that i kind of get weird uh, not weirded out by just kind of annoyed by is chloe's like i don't want trixie to see me like this and i just went do we not remember the pilot? Do we not remember <laughs> Trixie going to the hospital and seeing you shot uh, um, and recovering from that? I think we try to forget um, a I lot know. of season one if we can. Right. And poisoning's different. Yeah. It's poisoning's different, but it's also it's specifically like, I don't want to re-traumatize her. She's already had to see me at the hospital. Yeah. Like this. So like for me, it actually works because it's building on that earlier awareness. Yeah, but but more get, on that in a you couple get cuddles. Days. Then you get yeah. hospital bed cuddles. It's very sweet. It was very hospital sweet. bed cuddles. Yeah. Well, do we have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, Allison, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, no, I just thought this was a great one. This my I I've laughed harder at other episodes. Um, I've been maybe slightly more emotionally engaged here and there, but I, I but I just really think this was exceptional. This is the kind of thing where, as I was watching it, I was like, "Well, first of all, I can't wait to read Latoya's review of this because I bet it's excellent." But it's also the kind of episode of TV I would have loved to write about, just in terms of the mechanics and all of the like little bits and pieces and how they fit together. I just thought it was really, really, really well done. No. Yeah, I agree with Allison. I think this is probably one of their stronger episodes. And it's kind of coming at like a really good time for the season as well in terms of a construction perspective of I I feel more reinvested in this season, because I was starting to like kind of taper off a little bit in terms of my interest. And I think that this episode did a lot to reinvigorate 
me as a viewer. So I really appreciated it. That's why. Uh, just want to say I understand why Lucifer is upset at the end with his mother for obvious reasons, for, with both of his parents because they both are kind of poopy heads. Um, but again, like I said, I feel like there's no doubt that uh, mom, for all of her manipulations and for all of her thoughts on inconsequential humans, like she loves her children, <laughs> especially Lucifer. And he, 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 Lucifer's like, you don't love me. It's like, come on. Your mom loves her, you. She's like kind of bad about it, but like she loves you. She's going to pull out that I went to hell card so often. And it's true. <laughs> just like, and it's true. Just get laminated because it's getting a lot and of- And we should yeah. also, I guess, yeah. address the fact that Linda thinks she's going to hell because, you know, you don't know everything about her. So, Linda, you're not going to hell. Come on. Come on. I, that felt more like a posture. That felt more like a, I, I could have done stuff. I mean, you don't- I had a dangerous phase. Linda, come on. Come um, on. I just assume we're all going to hell. Just, that's just- that's just how I approach it. <laughs> well, Latoya and I already know what's coming next, but uh, I know, and I know that guessing isn't either of your jams. But where do you all think Lucifer is? Well, I if he left Los Angeles for somewhere else to go be Lucifer, I assume he's in Las Vegas, or maybe where else would Lucifer go? Maybe London. I get because okay. I still want to know where he got that accent. He's the only one that has one. Do we get an accent origin story? I want an accent origin story. Marcus is Monaco. Ooh. Monaco, yeah, I feel that. Okay. Whereas I just kept <laughs> not Vatican City. Not Vatican City. City. <laughs> very Definitely good, Marcus. Not. Definitely not. I kept just guessing the most mundane things. I just turned to my partner and went, "Does he go to Poughkeepsie?" Peoria. He goes to Peoria. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's as far as he's going to go is Pittsburgh. I, for whatever peas. reason, I got I got really hung up on peas there for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like the idea of him going to Vegas um, or like maybe Atlantic City as well. Um, just really depressing type of deal. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know where else he would go per se. I think I really like Las Vegas as a choice as well, but I'm going to stick with Peoria. I'm definitely to Peoria. <laughs> You're totally right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kayla says, I think he mentions in season one that he picked the British accent uh, because people seem more attracted mm. to him when he uses it versus I think that's one. right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank so, you. Anyways. Latoya, I know um, the next episode has a mixed reaction with various people. I really like the next one. I'm a big fan of the episode, actually. I, I love okay. it. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it with y'all y'all tomorrow. And I will... I will be back to talk about it because... Oh, okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who's been hanging out in the Zoom. And today that is Kayla and Keenan and Marcus. Always a pleasure having you guys here and to hear your thoughts. Uh, this has been episode 13, A Good Day to Die. Tomorrow we have episode 14, Candy Morningstar. Um, thoughts? No? <laughs> okay we'll talk about it tomorrow uh thank you guys so much for hanging out we'll be back tomorrow bye bye